0: Do you feel like you still can't fully let loose during sex? Are you curious about kundalini practices? Do you ever wonder what sexual trauma really includes? Would you like to reach a higher level of self-acceptance? In today's episode on Root Awakening, a health podcast, we are talking with Nikita Anand. Nikita Anand is a spiritual embodiment and transformational coach and specializes in kundalini and tantric practices. Nikita hosts workshops and retreats all around sexual healing, reclaiming your inner power and your divine feminine energy. And Nikita's teachings integrate both science and spirituality, and her practices infuse shamanism, kundalini, tantra, energy work with emotional intelligence, trauma healing, and so much more. Nikita is also the newest addition to the Root Awakening team, which I will get into in a few minutes, but in this episode, Nikita tells us about what embodiment is, how our body physically responds to trauma, and where that trauma gets stored in our body. She gives us probably the clearest and simplest description I've ever heard of the first three chakras. It's so refreshing to hear and easily understandable. She tells us what kundalini is and what kundalini practices look like. She debunks the myth that Tantra is just about sex and fills us in about what Tantra really is. We talk about how sexual trauma includes a lot more events than we typically think. We talk about some ways to know if you have sexual blocks and Nikita tells us what it looks like to have her as an embodiment coach. This is a super fun episode, very free-flowing. Nikita is so well-versed in all of these different practices. I'm so excited for you to hear more about it. She explains everything in such a clear way. I'm stoked for you to hear it. Let's get into this. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the founder and CEO of Root Awakening, and Root Awakening is a self-development community here to support you with holistic guidance on every level of health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. We have a team of guides here at Root Awakening whose zones of expertise represent each level of health so you can receive true holistic support. You can follow us on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Message me, say hi, ask any questions that you have. We love to hear from you so much. And in the last podcast episode that we posted, you may remember me mentioning that I was developing a program where you'll be able to work with multiple coaches and even a licensed therapist throughout one program to give you support on all levels of health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. Welp, that program is fucking here and I'm so excited to announce it to you. The Root Awakening True Potential Program is our newest self-development program. Folks, the True Potential Program is a four-month program here to give you support on every level of holistic health. We assembled a team of four guides to help you bridge the gap between your physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional layers of health. So I created this program because I realized that this was the program I needed about two years ago. I was going through regular coaching programs, which helped me so much to learn um, just all of this different information. And I was definitely growing, but I was feeling stunted by something. My old habits were still sticking to me somehow. I was still procrastinating. I was still letting old limiting beliefs completely debilitate me. I was still super codependent in my relationships. It's like I could see my potential. Potential, and regular coaching really helped me to believe my potential, but I couldn't fully trust in my potential and I couldn't live out my potential because of that. I wasn't fully trusting that I could embody this potential. So what was the missing piece? Therapeutic support. Therapeutic support was the missing piece here. I wasn't able to kick these old habits until I started doing research on the subconscious brain and implementing practices that actually reprogrammed my subconscious. So affirmations and regular meditation and even regular coaching wasn't affecting my subconscious. So I decided to create a program that revolved around working with a licensed therapist. So the heart of this program, the true potential program is therapy. So you can learn why you have the habits and feelings that you have. Because once we know why, we can learn the how through regular coaching. And we need the regular coaching, too, because we are not just a brain. We are a whole body and a whole spiritual being. So I assembled four guides to help you with each layer of health. We have a licensed therapist that will handle the mental layer. We have a certified strength training and nutrition coach to help you handle the physical layer. We have a quantum healer to help you with the spiritual aspect. And we have an embodiment coach to help you with the embodiment practice, which is also kind of physical but in more of an emotional, physical sense. So embodiment really ties all the layers of health in together. And Nikita Anand, who is the guest on this podcast episode today, is our embodiment coach in the True Potential program. So Nikita will be working closely alongside our therapist, Ida, to help you embody this authentic version of yourself that you discover in therapy with Ida. I'm just so proud to offer this program to you. The coaching and natural health industry is really missing the therapy component. I have seen the evidence of this in my own life and we are really able to bridge that gap between therapy and coaching in the True Potential program. So it's going to be amazing. I'm just so excited to offer this to you. And the wait list for the True Potential program opens today. Yes, today, like the day that you are listening to this podcast episode. So you can apply to be a part of the program today by hitting the link in our bio on Instagram. You just fill out a short form so we can ensure that you are a great fit for the program and so that we know that we can serve you in a really transformational way. So if you have any questions about the program, feel free to DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. We cannot wait to support you. Okay, let's get into this episode. Folks, I am here with a magical embodiment coach who is the newest addition to the Root Awakening team and who is one of the coaches that will be supporting you through the Root Awakening True Potential program, Nikita Anand. Nikita Anan is a spiritual embodiment and transformational coach and a kundalini and tantra facilitator. Nikita hosts workshops and retreats all around sexual healing, reclaiming your inner power and your divine feminine energy. And she really bridges the gap between science and spirituality with the practices that she teaches, which infuse shamanism and kundalini and tantra and energy work with emotional intelligence, trauma healing, and so much more. Nikita focuses on the root, getting to the root, but using all of these interesting integrated practices in order to get there and carry that out. And that is what we like in the Root Awakening community, hence the name. And Nikita will also be working side-by-side with our therapist Ida in Root Awakenings True Potential program to help you embody this authentic version of yourself that you discover in therapy with Ida. So we're so happy to have her on the team. We're so happy to just celebrate her as an embodiment transformational coach today. Nikita Anand, spiritual embodiment transformational coach and kundalini and tantra facilitator. Welcome to Root Awakening Health podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I love this intro. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Em, for having me and so excited about the program, which we will dive deeper into later.
0: Hell yeah. Yep. (laughs) We're so excited to have you. Everyone in the audience is super stoked on you too. They're like, who is this woman? She's amazing. You have this really magical um, energy about you. And here's the thing, Nikita, you walk the talk. And you can feel that energetically. The stuff that you practice, you're not, you're not trying to be spiritual. You're not trying to look super flowy. You're not making that conscious effort. You are that because you have practiced that and it's who you are. You are your brand authentically. And I really appreciate that. And everyone in my audience does as well.
1: Mm, thank you. Yeah, I'm really big on practice, like implementation. You can read so many books which I encourage you to do that. But people like, yeah, I've just seen that you can read so many books and still not practice it. And then reading those books or going to those events won't really help you get any further. And I've just seen that this pretty early on in my life that people were always saying, be happy, be positive. It's all happening for a reason. And then as soon as the smallest incident happened, they were like, my life is shitty and blah, blah, blah. And this is actually how I I knew that embodiment work is what I'm all about. And embodiment work is what I work on with my clients because yes, you can think positive, but if you don't know how to alchemize and transform those, let's say, hard incidents in your life that will happen and are important. um, But if you don't know how to transform them and like get the medicine out of those hard moments, like, They are happening for your healing and your learning. And that's why I'm so much about embodiment work.
0: Exactly. That's like walking the talk is part of embodiment work, literally, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. I love that. And what embodiment coach?
1: And what embodiment coach would I be if I wouldn't walk my path, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Cause you wouldn't be embodying authenticity. Oh God. This is like, we're, <laughs> we're starting the episode off with like an aha moment that I'm having. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So let's get into really your path. I want to hear first about how you found all of these practices that you work with and teach now.
1: Yeah. Um, it started when I was really young. I started working out and I just fell in love with it I was a child and um, my parents always told me to work strength and all of that happened afterwards was that I developed like I just went to the gym and worked out every day then twice a day because I wanted to lose my belly fat and it became unhealthy at some point so fast forward I got super skinny wasn't allowed to work out didn't have my period for seven months and I had placed my happiness on the gym so when I wasn't Um, allowed to work out I was like uh, like I'm not feeling good I like fuck this and I realized okay you cannot place your happiness on a person which I never did but you also kind of place your happiness on a thing which I did so that's when I got into spirituality into healing myself personal development and um, really finding my happiness and not basing it at anything but letting the happiness come out from within me and from there on, from really getting into this, I started to realize that I had, I was really like sexually blocked, like my sacral chakra, which is about pleasure and abundance and creativity was super blocked. So that's how I started getting into that and learned about kundalini and tantra and sexual healing. And yeah, that's really how my journey started. And from there on, I just read books, I flew to LA for a seminar, like, I attended events and YouTube videos and um, speeches and all of these things and courses and having coaches myself. So there's just so much that I tried out myself and I still keep on trying out new things. Um, I think that's really the secret for me.
0: Yeah. Experimentation, finding what feels good for you, finding like what kind of clicks in your practice. Yeah. Just trying out so many things. I love shamanism to energy
1: work, to mindset. Mindset work is also super important to going into ancestral lines and Kundalini and Tantra. And there's so much that I love. I also love sacred geometry. So I just, everything that I hear or see that interests me, I just go head in into it and want to learn all about it. And I just um, like pick and choose everything that I like and the things that I don't like, I let them go.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's an amazing practice. So what, at what point did you start to think, okay, embodiment work, this is what I want to do. What kind of came into fruition in your mind about why embodiment work was the thing? And yeah, what was this? What, like, how did that significance kind of become realized in your mind?
1: Yes. Um, so initially the first huge, um, let's say shift in my life from like when I placed my happiness on the gym did come from mindset shifts, like changing my mindset um, and all of that. But then I realized after a few years, I felt stagnant. I felt like I wanted to heal even more and transform even more and expand and all of that. But I felt like Um, mentally I was already there but physically my physical reality didn't feel like it so I felt this disconnect between my mind and my body and it was also at the same time where I knew that I felt super ashamed about my body still I felt really ashamed to talk about sex I couldn't even say the word I disassociated during sex like I wasn't present I was just like when is this going to be over And that's really where I realized, okay, there's a disconnect from my mind and my body. And embodiment work is, as it says, I love to use it as um, an acronym for embodiment, coming back to your body, being back in the present moment and connecting it all again, mind and body, like connected as one. And I think that's really when it started for me. And I started doing these embodiment practices for myself. I started Dancing, even though I felt ashamed to dance alone in my room in the dark, I was like, okay, I feel really ashamed. I don't want to do this. Let's keep doing this. Mm. (laughs) Let's keep healing the shame and releasing it by going to these uncomfortable practices, which I know will liberate me. And in terms of being an embodiment coach, I started out as a transformational coach on all levels. So mental, behavioral, emotional, emotional, um, unconscious and somatic, somatic being the body. And again, there, I realized sometimes I coached my clients with talking therapy, which really helped them. But what brought them to the next level was bringing them back into the body. And when I realized this, I was like, okay, I want to focus on that. That's what I'm good at. That's what I personally love. And that's also what clients love doing with me. And that's really where it made sense for me to Really switch to embodiment work and hone down even more in my work and try out new practices and doing different certifications and learning from new people.
0: Cool. So you really saw the specific significance of embodiment work and like that extra kind of tick to really get you to like get get us or how do I want to say this to really support your clients and yourself to that next level of actually becoming that on the physical plane actually like playing out the action steps and moving forward to accepting yourself at that whole new kind of physical level and present level right exactly because
1: um, i cannot emphasize it enough um, mental work mindset work is so important but there comes a level where you need to go deeper than that because your nervous system is also used to your patterns used to your behavioral patterns and um thinking patterns and fear and trauma is there in, a, in your body. So trauma, often people see it as this huge thing, but basically trauma is just a moment where your nervous system is overwhelmed. It didn't know how to react. And so it like, like um, came into a little shock and your body contracted and that created blocks in your body. And when you don't consciously heal it, these blocks stay in your body and they either start building up or they keep attracting situations in your life because those blocks want to dissolve themselves again. And you feel like why I'm attracting the same shitty partner over and over again, but don't realize, hey, it's your body's way of trying to heal itself. Mm. And when I realized that, it made sense why my, my catalyst for healing was the embodiment work. And then I learned this also that, hey, trauma
0: and fear is stored in your body. I was like, of course, this makes so much sense. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like the patterns we have, right? Can you go deeper into that concept? So we have these the we have these blocks Stored in our nervous system, and we keep attracting in partners with like a same a similar theme, or jobs with a similar theme, or likely these two things are combined. We're getting taken advantage of in one in one sector of our lives. We're also getting taken advantage of in another sector of our lives. So we have conflict in with our friendships, and we have conflict with our family, and we have conflict with this. Uh, these are patterns that we have. So can you tell us why is and how is the body trying to protect? itself when it, it allows these patterns or it keeps inviting in these patterns.
1: Yes. So there's so much that I could get into. Yeah, here <laughs> um, I was just making notes like, where should I start? <laughs> right. Um, so let's start with this one. You have probably heard your inner world attracts your external world. So whatever you have inside of you, attra- like when you think life is shitty, life will keep showing you signs that life is shitty. But if you keep looking at the clouds, even though it's cloudy and raining and a storm and you're like, life is so beautiful, you will see the beauty in life everywhere in the most mundane, simple things. That's like the first one. And the second one, your body's first priority is survival, right? That you survive um, and that you feel safe. So your body wants to keep you in... The body doesn't want to change. The body doesn't want transformation. The body doesn't really want new experiences because what is new, the body and the mind think that it's unsafe, which is not true, but that's just how our body and mind think. So for example, let's, let's stay with the example of you keep attracting the same shitty partners Um, allowing in love, allowing yourself to be loved in a healthy measure will feel like life-threatening to you. If until now your parents didn't show you love, no one else in your life showed you healthy emotional love, then the first person who will actually show you love in a healthy way with um, just the right amount of um, physical touch for you, with the affirmations like telling you you look beautiful, I love you, with also doing, giving you gifts and doing things for you like bringing you a coffee, all of that will feel like life-threatening. It will feel unsafe because it's the first time ever you're experiencing that. So the work that I do, I work a lot with the body and a lot with guided meditations where I guide them to feel new feelings. For example, feel new. I had a client who didn't know how to, how to have healthy friendships. He never experienced that in his life. And so I guided him through Um, those guided meditations to let his nervous system feel safe and being with people who find him funny, who want to talk with him, who want to be in contact with him, who love him just the way he is. I did that over and over again. And after the first week, he already met new people who literally liked him for who he was because a, he wasn't changing who he was because in that first initial guided meditation, For the first time he felt safe being himself and it I I did it I did this in a very safe way so that his nervous system adapted to feeling safe being himself you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. in this meditation he experienced what it feels like to be himself and feel safe and then the next day and the next and the next day it was safe enough for him to be himself he didn't have to change himself anymore and that's how he then attracted people into his life who just liked him for the way he is and not someone who who he was trying to be.
0: Yeah, cool. So it's kind of a similar sentiment to, it's scary to try new things, right? Like it's unfamiliar territory when someone actually treats you with, with respect. If you've been surrounded by disrespectful people your whole life and the body's like, what, I don't know what to do with this. This must not be safe. Is that kind of what you're saying? Correct, absolutely, yeah amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Okay. I love it. Um I would like to talk about sexual healing now because you mentioned that you had like kind of stagnant energy in your sacral area. Did you say that? Yeah. Okay. I ask because when I do these meditations sometimes where I'm just intuitively like, okay, where do I have stagnant energy in my body? Time and time again, Nikita, I get your sacral center is stuck, Emily, your sacral center, your sacral center. <laughs> so uh, let's hear about that. What? <laughs> how did you discover this and um, what kind of clued you into that and how did you work through it?
1: Yes. So let me start with, with talking about the sacral chakra and then go into sexual healing from there. So um, we have kind of like a map. Um yeah i felt how my sacral chakra was blocked and so sacral chakra is the second the orange one that is um behind your belly button and it's about pleasure abundance and creativity so pleasure money creativity and these are three things that a lot of people have trauma around or just don't feel safe around right also money talk is that like Mm -hmm. it's a huge taboo topic and sex as well, even though these are really normal things for us as human beings on this planet Earth. And actually, I first realized that I didn't feel creative, like the most mundane example. I used to look at the sky and you know how everyone says, oh, look, this cloud looks like a dog and this one looks like a flower. I never saw anything, never. And I was Mm -hmm. like, why don't I see anything in those clouds? And I realized, and I used to say, I'm not creative. So of course, whatever I say, my brain starts to believe. And as soon as I realized that, I was like, okay, stop it. I want to be creative. I want to have creative ideas. I want to see things in the clouds. So I really started meditating on it and diving deeper into how I can heal that. And through working on my creativity, I realized, ooh, there's actually some sexual trauma here. Let's go deeper into that. And then I realized there's actually also some money trauma here. So like, I like these three things, make up the sacral chakra i had to do work all around around all of three of them and the root so the first second and third chakra root sacral and solar plexus are where your life force energy is stored your life force energy is also your kundalini energy and it's also your sexual energy and it's also your creative energy so all of these things it's the same thing and um it's stored here and if we don't know how to consciously rise up our life force energy up our spine and then cycle it down again in the front of our body, we have stagnant life energy. You might not feel motivated going to work in the morning. You might not feel like you have any libido or any sex drive. You just, you might be maybe experience brain fog all the time or other sexual traumas. And there's so much, this can go into all directions. So basically if you're stagnant in your first three chakras, You're stagnant everywhere or also in different areas of your life. So, when you say you feel some stagnance in your sacral chakra, as soon as you start working on that, you also start improving your life force energy, your Kundalini energy. And going deeper into my sexual healing, I always knew sex is sacred energy exchange, right? Like during sex, you exchange energy. And I was always super picky and, um, at some point in spring of 2019, I was, I just felt like, focus on yourself. Just don't allow, even if it's good energy, just focus on yourself. And I started this, my celibacy journey of 16 months. So I didn't have any sex with anyone for 16 months. And in that period of time, I really realized how much sexual trauma I really had. So I knew in the beginning, I had some blocks But only when I was already doing sexual healing, that's when I realized that I also had sexual trauma. Because I used to think that sexual abuse and having sex when you don't want to, like rape, I thought this is the only sexual trauma, but that's not true. I will give you a few examples of quote-unquote smaller traumas, smaller sexual traumas, which can have a huge impact. They at least had on me. So for example, drunk or high sex, starting sex, and then mid-sex or wanting to be having sex anymore, but you don't know how to say it because you're afraid, you don't know how the other person will react, um, all of that. So if you continue having sex, even if you don't want to, when you don't feel safe with a partner, um, doing things like trying out new things that you don't really want to, that also creates smaller traumas and all of these things, um, create those blocks in your cock or in your pussy which can even lead up to painful sex. So if you're having pain um, with sex, of course it could be something um, how do you say that? I know um, like something physical that is with your um, pelvic floor, but most likely there's some shame or some trauma stored in your cock or in your pussy that is causing that pain. So I realized I didn't have any sex drive right in the beginning and that didn't and then Um, I didn't have a healthy relationship with sex. I didn't enjoy sex. I was always in my mind. I was waiting for it to be over. And I heard other women talk about how they had beautiful orgasms, but I never had one. Um, That's why I decided to be celibate. And in that time, all of these memories came up. All of these things came up. And I really started to get to know myself sexually and my body and also heal my relationship with my body to a new level.
0: Oh my god, yep. How many of us? Like I would fucking love to take a poll. It'd be such an inappropriate poll to take, but like how many of us, how how much does this describe everybody's like teens or their fucking twenties? Okay. This was my life. Like Mm -hmm. this, the this these small versions of sexual trauma. I had no like these like quote unquote bigger versions of sexual trauma, all mostly small stuff, uh ages. 15, 16 to 27 years old, Mm -hmm. easily, easily. And I know I'm not the only one. And I know you're not the only one with me. Okay. So many people, this is just written into our society still. And we're breaking it up. We're breaking it up, but it is still very established in our society. This relationship uh, to sex, both men and women, but I would say like, especially women, we kind of we 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 have these blocks just right away from the get go because we have this more submissive stance in sex. Um, so I want to say a couple things. First, I'm yawning like crazy because there's energy moving in my body, Nikita. So I want you to know that I'm not. I am. really, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. You can see it. I can tell that you. Yeah. I energetically I can feel that you're aware of what that means. So I'm, I want I want to yawn right now when I'm talking because I'm my energy's moving just talking about the awareness of the chakras and what means what it my body is already somatically like my my body is already starting to understand and and move differently and it's just incredible what can happen when we going on a little tangent right now but when we start to learn about what's possible for our bodies and we get kind of a confirmation to like yeah all you like one of, you can just do the most simplest tasks to, to move energy in your body. You can even just visualize your energy moving. And that can be an energy movement. When you start to get these little things confirmed again and again, your body will start doing it like that. And on the sexual topic, we have, um, Susan Bratton, who's a sex expert. She comes on this podcast from time to time. She talks about how like things like squirting and different kinds of orgasms. She tells her clients, that it's possible and she gives them facts about how it's possible for everybody, they will go home that night and achieve that that night. It happened for me too. I had a different kind of orgasm after hearing about a urethral orgasm that females can have. Uh, Right. So it's, it's so possible that things start happening when you just get that extra validation from someone that you trust that, Hey, this is possible for you too, or validating like, Hey, even these instances can be sexual trauma. It can really, our bodies start to heal almost immediately. Sometimes when we hear that, and it really believes that like our subconscious really believes that. So I just wanted to make that note. If anyone else is feeling yawny, I certainly am. Um, we're getting confirmed a lot of important information that, that our body has been ashamed of for a long time. Right. So it's this, one of my favorite topics. Okay.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. If you're getting any triggers, like if it's like emotional or you're like, if anything is coming up, observe it and allow yourself to whatever is coming up, come up. Um, Like if anything I say, if I say I'm having crazy orgasms now, um, almost every time I have sex, like if this triggers you, let it come up because it's showing where there is something to transform within you.
0: I love it. That's such an important note to make and journaling on it. Not everybody yeah. likes journaling, but I'm telling you, if you have if you have this trigger, yeah. if you have these moments where you're like, oh my God, this feels so bad for me, or I'm like super tense, or like, I'm so annoyed about this. Oh my God, these girls are annoying me so much because they're so whatever about whatever. Just journal on it. Even if you come to a, a realization or not, see what comes up from that, you know? So yeah, Nikita, um, I wanted to ask about... Why you knew that you had some sexual trauma? So initially, did you just know that you had some blocks there because the word sex was making you uncomfortable? How did you kind of walk yourself through that? Yeah, um, whenever I said the word sex, my body
1: like uh, shrink itself. Whenever mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it, and I knew people normally enjoy it, I was like, is there something wrong with me, or like, what is happening there? Um, and, 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 and yeah, I, I really just heard from women having beautiful relationships with their sexuality. Um, and I knew that this was possible. I saw enough proof. So again, what you said before, getting this validation can feel really amazing. Just like you said about the sexpert and then her clients having orgasms on the same day, like just receiving validation that you're not the only one experiencing this can be really healing. Um, so yeah, I just, I just knew m- much more was possible and that I had blocks. That's how it started. And then during the sexual healing journey, I realized, oh, it's actually smaller
0: traumas. It's not just blocks. Right. Totally. Totally. Okay. So yeah, you just had that realization noticing how you reacted with stuff like this. And so what, what were some of the things that you tried to open yourself up? to sexuality more and start to heal yourself I know you mentioned that you were moving your body and working with movement and in the dark at the time how did what did that process look like for you
1: yes so there's a lot of things um I feel the call to talk about self-pleasure like it's still seen as a really taboo topic especially for women and I used to like when I self-pleasured like this is before I started my sexual healing journey, or like right when I started, I just used to like rub my clit and just like have the orgasm as, as soon as possible and then be over, which was still beautiful. But I felt like there was more, right? Like, shouldn't it be possible to have cervical orgasms, to have even nipple orgasms? Like, there's so, like aetherical, ethereum orgasms, like there's so, and also like energy orgasms, like all of this is possible. And I just felt like there should be more and I'm sure there is more about it. So also squirting, G-spot, all of that. So for me, it was a mixture of a lot of different things. Let me start with the body. So healing my relationship with my body. I used to, you know, like have this unhealthy relationship with working out, had eating disorders from eating too little to binge eating. So I had this really unstable relationship with my body. And learn to love it. One thing that I highly recommend, which is really hard, I just saw in, in your IG story, you posted something similar. M um, is stand in front of your not body, uh, stand in front of your mirror naked and scan your whole body and only say nice things about every single body part hair, um, um, your forehead, your nose, your cheeks, and then going down to, to your belly, to your muffin tops, to your hips everything. And it was really hard for me. I started crying as like, for me, the belly, the lower belly was like the thing that I didn't like the most and had the most um, harsh comments about. So whenever I got to my belly, I just like started bawling. And then I, when you do this exercise, whenever you say something harsh, hold yourself, cry, release the emotion and then start over. And Maybe you need to do it five times. Maybe you need to to do it 500 times. It doesn't matter. Keep doing it to really heal your relationship with your body and love your body for what it is and all that it does, not what it looks like or not just what it looks like. That was the first one. And then I said about like having this realization that there is more than just clit orgasms. Um, That was mixed with doing daily Kundalini breath work. So as I said, kundalini is your life force energy, your creative energy, and your sexual energy all in one. It's all the same thing. So when I started working with that and learning how to make it rise up my spine and down again in the front of my body, that like circulating the energy, I also awakened my sex drive much more. So intuitively, I already wanted to self-pleasure more, right? And then I tried out new things with self-pleasure and then I automatically experienced new orgasms but it didn't just happen like after the first time i don't even remember when the first time was um of having like a cervical orgasm through my kundalini practice so sometimes it, it, it was just laying in bed and doing self-pleasure sometimes it was during the kundalini breath work i just had to touch myself and that led me to this beautiful enlightening orgasms
0: Oh, cool. That's so awesome. I have always been interested in, well, all of the orgasms, but nipple orgasms, tried it, haven't been able to really like so close. (laughs) Kikita's so close, but haven't been able to actually have an orgasm. Is this Mm -hmm. something that you have achieved? Can I ask?
1: Yeah. So um, you can see my altar uh, in the back of my, uh, in the back. So I used to every morning do my kundalini breathwork practice one hour before going to work. And sometimes it led to like kundalini, the life force energy, it moves your body. And I love meditating and moving my body. So during the breathwork and meditation, I would just move my body and just touch my body with love and just also hold my belly and say, thank you. And I love you. And sometimes go to my breasts and what are my hips, whatever feels right. And um, sometimes it led to self-pleasure during that practice. And, With nipple orgasms, you just need to be really, or that's from my perspective, right? Like what helped me and I didn't even try, like it just happened, but I was really present and I was really gentle with my body and I was already in a deep meditative state. So every, like the slightest touch, like I felt it in my whole body. And I think that's how um, I experienced the nipple orgasm.
0: Yeah, cool. I felt this before in a bath. I was doing a lot of twin flame exercises a couple of months ago because I could feel that I had like someone. Let's not even get into that topic, but I could feel that I had someone like in the the aura around me. I could feel someone else's energy. Okay, whose is it? Who's is it? So I was doing all these exercises in the bath. Eventually, I found out who this person was, but right before I found out who this person was, I could feel them like right near me, but not phys- they weren't physically near me, but I would be, I was in the bath one time and I was just moving my body exactly kind of like, like uh, Nikita and I are on video. And it kind of very similar to how she's moving it with her shoulders and her hips very flowy and just the water flowing over me felt like an energetic orgasm is coming. And I'm just not, I wasn't there yet, still not quite there yet at the time, but like right at the, the brink of orgasm. I was like, wow, it showed me that this is really possible just to have, cause I just thought some people are born with it and they just have this amazing ability to like have random orgasms, but no, everyone can. You just have to like tap in and other people, it, it happens at this time. Some people happens at this time, but you can really just tap in and being in that cool meditative state. I remember I same, same instance, I got out of the bath and I looked in the mirror and I could see my fucking chakras glowing in the mirror. I did not grow up seeing this stuff at all. That was the first time ever. Ever. And I was like, Oh my God, this is possible. And yeah, I also wanted to make a note too. When Nikita was talking about what was on my stories. Yeah. I, I like, I love to work out naked and like move my body around. And it's also a thing to say, oh, okay, well, well, you must be just really confident confident with your body so then it's great for you. I'm like, "No, it's tough for me a lot. I have I've had to work through a lot like having like a super small chest as a woman to be like, "Oh my god, should I get a boob job or uh, am I just always going to be kind of unhappy and feel less than as a woman or less womanly? I have a super athletic body. That's not always a good thing, right? It's like grass is always greener. Grass is always greener and how you look on the outside to someone else does not mean that that's how you feel on the inside. So it's we all have parts of us that we feel uh, self-conscious about, right? So it's difficult for me too, but going through and working out and just looking at like, wow, my body is just like, it's strong. It can do all these workouts and uh, it's, it's moving so beautifully. And it feels like, like I can really feel things changing in my body and, and look at me, look at me doing these push-ups, like, that's great that I can just even do that and be on my mat doing that. So it's, yeah, it's such a huge practice. And I uh, just wanted to clarify that too, because that was actually something that was on my mind. It's not like, a, Oh, I just look amazing naked. So I'm just going to, no, I, I know I look yeah. amazing naked, just like everybody else looks amazing naked, but I want to remind myself of that and actually go through the actual process to do that. Cause I don't always feel like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's so, so important to to look at yourself, like be able to look at yourself in the mirror or like make steps towards doing that. And have something to add, if this is really hard for you, start with eye gazing
1: in the mirror. Start with that, really seeing yourself. A lot of people, I just made an IG post about this, me included, are so afraid to be seen. And this fear of being seen starts with you being afraid of seeing yourself seeing your beauty, your divinity, your body, yourself, your authenticity, all of that. And I feel like everyone either has this fear or has had it, or as they grow up and get older, and especially if you're like in business or in a career where you're like always up leveling, um, like you're, you want to expand, like not like in a healthy way, like you want to keep expanding. The next level, whatever that means for you, fear will come up in a new way because let's make an example of business. When your business is growing, the more people can see you and there's more space to be attacked for literally you being you, right? So this fear is completely normal and it's not something bad. It's about understanding it and starting to see yourself and seeing yourself naked, which I mean physically, but also spiritually, seeing yourself naked, soulfully, physically, emotionally on all those levels. And this will already bring huge healing and um, self-acceptance and self-love for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I loved eye gazing at first because I've like, yeah, it's no, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's easy for me to give examples here about what I've dealt with because it's no secret around my community. I've had issues with alcohol abuse, drug abuse, all the stuff that's like classic self-worth issues, classic financial issues. So I've had all this crap stuck in me and it's been my process to release this over time and the first exercise that I did in the mirror was eye gazing and I cried right away I was like fuck that looks like a really sad person you know and like oh my god I need to like give myself a hug and and Nikita you you had a similar experience
1: yeah for me it was it was it was also self-worth but it was the opposite I looked in my eyes I'm like holy shit I'm beautiful like for Mm -hmm. the first time seeing my soul for how beautiful it is Yeah. Yeah. Because I I never really had this jealous thing. Like whenever I saw a woman or a girl or um a person who has what I want, be it beauty or success or whatever. I for me, my natural reaction has never been jealous. It has always been wow, so amazing. Because Mm -hmm. it showed me what I can achieve as well. But what it led to was not recognizing myself for everything that I am and everything that I do so I looked at everyone else's divinity and beauty but forgot my own so when I started eye gazing with myself in the mirror a few years ago I was like holy shit I'm beautiful as well I I have the same divinity and sacredness in me as well and I was the same I was like oh my gosh I need a hug and then hug myself yeah
0: (laughs) Oh my God, totally. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's that really nice balance or like, like, I love the experience that you had. And I, I guess I feel felt parts of that, like, oh my God, this person needs self care and a lot more attention. Like I needed attention and was trying to get it from external sources. But obviously we need to give ourselves the attention first before we source it from others. And, um, so it was a mix of that and also feeling like, damn, like I deserve this. It's like, it's like noticing yourself at where you're at, which could be a really sad place, but also appreciating yourself and understanding that you need that love and you're, you're worthy of that too at the same time, you know?
1: Yeah. All
0: of that. Just
1: yeah, let it sink
0: in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> Kundalini. Um, and I. this is one of my favorite things that happens when you just naturally answer my questions when you're just <laughs> talking about your practices. It's so beautiful. Um, but I wanted to make a point of addressing that because even I am like, like, I've had a couple of folks on here on this podcast before who have worked with Kundalini. Um, we haven't talked about it too explicitly, but I still am a little bit in the dark about what Kundalini is. So you mentioned in this podcast, and you did such a beautiful... A job at explaining what it is in a succinct, casual way, which I love. Kundalini is life force energy. And now correct me if I'm wrong, the practice of Kundalini is doing like breath work practices that allow the energy to circulate through your body.
1: Okay. Kundalini. Yes. Is your life force energy and creative energy and sexual energy, all of them at the same time. And Kundalini can be, so the energy itself it's a she like it's the feminine energy within you no matter like independent of gender everyone has masculine and feminine energies Kunalini is the feminine and she is here to transform you to heal you to alchemize which means to heal and transform your shadows to your shadows like for example let's say you don't like your belly that's like a very very simple one that's a shadow or you always, you always talk to yourself very negatively because you don't see your birth. That's a shadow. There's nothing bad with it. All that it needs is some light. All it that it needs is love. Like I'm like that all I, when I talk negatively to myself, all I want is love. Like that's what it's about. So Kundalini is here to transform you, heal you and like release all of these blocks like release all the shadows, everything that is holding you back from loving yourself and from owning your potential. So um, maybe you've heard this, that when people start working with Kundalini, they feel like their life is falling apart, Um, Mm -hmm. which I can understand why some people would describe it like that, but it's not falling apart because it's punishing you. It's falling apart because it wants to because Kundalini is helping you to release what no longer serves you and to show you what is important and like, hey, you are important. Hey, start loving yourself, give yourself love and attention and care, all of that. So um, yeah, I really felt to to say this, if anyone ever feels like their life is falling apart when you start doing these practices, no, it's just showing more of their true self and more where you get to do some work. Um, And kundalini yeah it's the energy itself and then with kundalini there is kundalini meditation there's kundalini breath work there's different like hand positions and like types of breathing like uh, alternating or like changing how long you breathe in and how long you breathe out and if you breathe in through your nose or your mouth and if you exhale through your nose or mouth, like these are all like that's breathwork, like like these different types of breathing. Um, there's that in Kundalini. And there is also Kundalini yoga. And I teach everything except Kundalini yoga. Um, but of course, that has amazing benefits as well. So Kundalini itself really is the energy. And with that, you can do meditation and breath work and all of these things. And usually, A lot of the breath work is to detoxify your physical body and also emotional and mental um, body to release all of these blocks, like I said, but also maybe you've heard of breath of fire. It's a simple practice which really detoxifies your belly and your digestive system. So there's that. And usually the goal is to circulate the energy, to learn to circulate the energy so that as the energy is circulating, it's clearing
0: all blocks on all levels. Cool. Cool. I love that description. Nice. Okay. So Tantra, that is another one of your specialties, something that you take great focus in. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, I'd love to. So Kundalini is um, is often part of Tantra. So Kundalini practices are often a key part of Tantric practices. And first, before I dive deeper, I just love to say this and love to clarify this yes um sex is a part of tantra but what sometimes hurts me and because i am from india both of my parents are 100 from india which what sometimes hurts me is when i like the western world has taken uh, sex and slapped that has taken tantra and slapped the word sex over tantra and sells tantra for sex which Tantra is a whole system. Tantra is a whole way of living. And the goal or the concept of Tantra is that everything is sacred. Life is sacred. Your body is sacred. Sex is sacred. Every single moment, every single thing is sacred. And what a lot of religions and also spiritual paths teach is that your body is a sin and that sex is a sin, which I don't agree with. And that's one of the reasons why I love Tantra so much because it teaches that everything is sacred. And just a quick example, for example, I learned a lot of things from Buddhism, love a lot of parts of Buddhism, but the teaching is based on that life is suffering and that you like need to um, like be so enlightened that life doesn't like um, affect you anymore. But Tantra says that life is play. They call it Lila, that life is Lila, life is play. Everything is sacred, enjoy it. Let the emotions flow, feel your body, love your body, enjoy the sex, enjoy other people. Um, That's what I love about tantra because it's based on play and gratitude and like just seeing everything like a little child, like the childlike wonder. Um, That's what I really appreciate about it. So it's all about being in the present moment, seeing the sacredness in everything and um, being connected. And what Tantra really teaches in a really beautiful way is that the more you connect are able to connect with yourself, the more I'm able to connect with you. And also the more I'm able to connect with you, the more I'm able to connect with myself. Because yes, yeah. um and you and I are different people, but also there's a lot of a lot within us that is the same. We come from the same source, we come from the universe. Um also, there's a lot of similarities, also like, especially with you and me, like, but still like there's things that we are still different human beings, but we have the same root. We're both partly human beings. We're both beautiful souls. And um, yeah, it teaches that through connection, you get to, get to um, know yourself better and also get to know the other person better. And sex is just a part of that,
0: right? which is so beautiful. It's just like life, like sex is a part of life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sexual energy, right? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Ooh, this is, ooh. I could just keep talking about this for a long time. Like I would love to dive deeper into like, maybe if you're, open ever to coming on this podcast again. We can talk about how we have just like innate sexual energy in us. And like I've been thinking a lot lately. This is kind of like a little bit of a jump, but I just want to kind of introduce this <laughs> topic um, because I want to start a family. And I kind of just realized re- more recently, like, okay, the kids, the pregnancy, the husband, let's do it classic. Like we want classic, um, like traditional style family. That's what I want. Never, rarely in my life, I thought I would want this realized it, that I wanted it. And um, thinking about and starting to strategize about how I would talk to my kids about sex. And I remember uh, when I lived in New York city, I had a huge group of German friends because it's like kind of a long story, but I had a huge group of German friends that were women. And they would tell me like, yeah, I have like, exactly like you're saying Nikita now with your sexual experiences. Like I have orgasms all the time. It's this beautiful connected practice. I do it only with people that I love. And that feels really good for me. And um, my parents told me about sex when I was like three years old and they explained everything in the States. That is like, Nope, we do not do that in general. Right crazy. That's crazy. That's inappropriate. That's pedophilic, whatever. Like we're so fucking afraid of all this stuff. And, um, I could see, I saw the evidence. I saw the evidence their boyfriends would come into town from Germany. Cause they were there in New York city temporarily. I would see their connection together. And I'm like, there is my fucking evidence that this shit works when you just are totally open with your kids about sex and like what to whatever level, I guess feels right for you. But that is a topic I think that is so we're like nervous to talk about, but it's so transformative. Um, and, uh, what else was I going to say about that? Oh, just like also understanding that like, we are all sexual beings and like describing to your kids, what's appropriate for like, what, what your values are as a family is important, but also like just allowing your kids to like, understand that just by being human, they are also sexual beings. Uh, what are your thoughts on that Nikita?
1: Absolutely. Because one of the things that I had and I see almost every single one, every every single person is the shame around sexuality. And the thing is, every single person wants sex. A lot of people just don't allow themselves to talk about it or to even like say that they want it and like even say to themselves that they want it, but everyone wants it or Mm -hmm. almost everyone. And there's this like taboo and this shame, which like, almost every single person has and women even more which I'm really here stand Stanford to release that shame and I cannot say what is the appropriate age to tell your kids what is sex that everyone needs to know that for themselves and of course discuss it with their partner that they're like you're on the same page but yeah that's definitely something I love my parents like they did everything amazing and perfect if there's something I would change that's like having a healthy relationship about what is sex like teaching my children what is what is sex and like teaching them that it's not something to be ashamed about or to never talk about it in the family like i want my children to come up to me like hey i'm struggling with this like ask me ask me the questions um because everyone is interested even those who are ashamed about it they will just google and why not ask someone who you're close to who has literal experiences Um, if you have this opportunity, but a lot of people, there's just so much shame that they don't even feel like it's okay to ask their parents or friends or other people.
0: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And like <laughs> I am just a walking example of what happens when you demonize things towards your kids. <laughs> like if you like this is again, it's my experience, and you're so right, Nikadia, to say like everyone's experience is going to be different. I don't know how to parent. I haven't read a book on that yet. I have no idea. I just decided I want kids, right? So it's not for me to say what how other people should parent, but I know what feels right to me. And exactly. for example, my dad told me he would disown me if I ever got one tattoo. I am covered in tattoos, okay? So if that's an example, I don't know what else is an example of like what demonizing things happen and tattoos feel really good for me, but it's also like how I was shaped as a person to be like, no, I want my own freedom to do this. And um, sex is similar. If we demonize sex, what's gonna happen, you know? So uh, yeah, anyway, I love it. But but um, going tying this back in, all back into Tantra, as you said, Tantra is a lifestyle and sex is just part of that. It's just like our lives, our human experience in general, sex is just a part of that. we are all sexual beings, but it doesn't, it, it's um, it's not just sex. It has to be everything else integrated in. It has to be everything holistically. It has to be uh, lifestyle. Like health isn't just having like great sex. And I would argue that um, if you just start with sex uh, you're not necessarily going to be able to have a healthy lifestyle for some people that's like their thing, but it's, it's a holistic thing. And if you're not going back into your, uh, past to deal with the uncomfortable embarrassing shameful etc cetera, etc cetera, things that happened uh you're not going to be able to move forward what do you absolutely think? and i mean with tantra
1: like um it also teaches that pleasure is safe and mm. pleasure doesn't need to be just sex like right like and it yeah there's a lot of different things like tantra also teaches that ecstasy and feeling blissful is beautiful and you get to experience this more than just once a month or more. Like maybe you experience that with sex, maybe you don't, but you actually can, and you also can without sex. It teaches that eroticism is in a sense that our, like like you said, we are sexual beings. We Like that is something so innocent and pure within us. But what, what I said before, that sex gets so ashamed that people think sex is disgusting and not pure and you're a sin if you do it, all of that. I just think Mm -hmm. that whenever something gets like, doesn't matter which religion or spiritual path it is. If they say that you're like a shame and a sin, like if any religion or path says that to you, according like to anything that you do, that doesn't feel authentic to me. Like I get like, if someone says they don't want sex, amazing. If they say they want to have sex with a lot of different people, do that. Amazing. Like who am I to tell someone, what is good and what isn't and what is um, to be shamed and whatnot and just as I as a person don't get to say this I also feel like no religion like maybe I will get some shame about this and um, some hate about, around this but I don't feel like any systems to tell us what is to be shamed about and whatnot but that's yeah. my that's my thing I'm really big on freedom so kind of like you said about the tattoos my parents were really against my tattoos but I told them look next week And next month I'm going to get a tattoo. I know you don't like it. So I'm just telling you to not be surprised. And then I have like, I don't know. um, I have five, I think. So with every single one, they had like less resistance to my tattoo.
0: (laughs) Same. Exactly. Same. My dad and I have a beautiful relationship now. It's, we adjust. We're so adaptable as human beings, even our parents. Yeah. (laughs) They can be, they can be, they have the, they have the ability to. Um, So now to close out this episode, most importantly, and I think a lot of our listeners will be interested to know what is it like to work with you like on a one-on-one basis outside of the true potential program, just with Nikita, what does it look like? What is the path that you take your clients through?
1: Mm. So As a sneak peek, it looks like shamanism and childlike wonder and happiness, joy, and beautiful sexual energy, like all of that mixed together. It looks like deep insights and realizations and loving yourself again and finding the joy and happiness in the most mundane things again. Now, physically, what it looks like, I always recommend three-month programs the most with me because... I do offer single 90 minute sessions, which I also love. And yes, I already go deep there, but a three month container is how you transform. Like that's really, if you're ready to transform, if you're ready to heal and expand three month container, we start with what it is that you want to work on. And then I bring in different forgiveness rituals, working with also on sexual healing, but also on energetic, physical, nervous system, healing, um, mindset, emotional, everything like the whole package is included, and there's a lot of different special rituals and ceremonies and initiations that I do, which I love. So I love doing everything like in a ceremonial way. So it's it's less talking, it's more being and doing, and allowing your body to feel it.
0: Cool. Yeah, I love it. You give me such good visuals about what it's like to work with you. Like ever since I met you, Nikita, I was like. Uh, I can really picture what it's like. And it, it felt very ceremonial to me, just intuitively, which is cool. And it's, and special and our nervous systems really react well to that shit. When we, yeah. I call it like, in like super American style, like spa vibes. When I was doing uh, Ayurvedic health coaching, helping my clients with lifestyle. And they're like, yeah, I'm super stressed. I'm like, okay, you need to set up a stage of a spa environment right now in your house and do that, like all the cheesy stuff, candles, music. I don't care if it feels weird, just do it and see what you think. If you hate it afterwards and it stresses you out, stop doing it. But if you like it, keep doing it. Everybody, there wasn't one client that said, nope, don't, not, not vibing with it. I'm sure some people wouldn't vibe with it, but no one I came across. (laughs) And anyway, I just think um, having that, Uh very ceremonial uh sensory experience and energetic experience is so important. And you do that, like like I said, Nikita just like lives that out. Um, you just you just are
1: that. And I literally that and something to include: like there will be times when I push a little bit, but also if you say you don't like a certain thing, I ask you to do it once. If you don't like it, okay, let's do something that you like. Like it if. I love Kundalini breath work so much. I loved it so much that I did it every single day for one and a half years. Even when I slept over a bit, even if I didn't have time, I did it. But it, this won't be for everyone. For example, my father does Zen meditation every single day for over 10 years now, which is you sit down and you don't move. If a fly comes to your nose, you are not allowed to move. And I tried it a few times. I didn't like it at all. So this is not something that I will do. So that's the same, like how I am with clients. I will nudge you and push you a little bit to try something new. If you absolutely don't like it, we will find something that you like, because if you don't like it, you won't do it. You won't, it won't be sustainable. And I'm about sustainable change, not just like a 30 day diet.
0: Yeah. Cause it doesn't do shit. I did so much of that. It doesn't like, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't get you to what you want. We don't want a 30 day change. I mean, in general, know about our lives. No, we want to live differently. So yeah, I love that you're into that too. So in Root Awakening, your, your abilities and your zone of genius has blessed us here. And, um, you're going to be working in the, uh, awakening true potential program. So I'm going to go through like for our listeners, what the flow of this program is going to look like. And then Nikita, are you open to, to talking about how you bring in your genius into this program? Okay. Wonderful. (laughs) Beautiful. So When the client starts in the True Potential program, this program is uh, three months, one-to-one with coaches, and then it has an additional month, which is in a group online platform where you kind of interact still with the coaches and you're able to interact also with the other alumni from the program. So really it's a four-month program. So the client starts out with a qu- quantum healing session with Ludmilla where Ludmilla is going to tell you where in your life you are you have energetic imbalance or where in your life needs more energy uh, applied to. Uh, so this could look like yeah, there's some resistance or something's going on around finances, something's going on around your love life and likely it will sound very familiar because Ludmilla is fucking sharp with this stuff. And she reads this quantum table and this quantum table tells her where the energy imbalance is. She doesn't want to meet you before she does it. She doesn't want to know really anything about you besides like your birthday and where you were born. Uh, the table shows her and it's fucking accurate as hell. So this process to start this program off will kind of get you into, um, uh, an understanding of yourself from an energetic level, and it will help you to understand uh, how your energy and the energy applied positive and, ne- and negative frequency of energy, how all of that applies to your life and just what's going on in your life. So it gets you very spiritually aware, on like a quantum physics energetic level. Then you are going to work eight weeks with our therapist, Ida, and you are going to learn why you have these patterns in your life. We all have patterns. Why do you have them? We all have uncomfortable, uncomfortabilities. Why do you have them? So you, let's say you go to Ludmill and she says, okay, there's imbalance in finances. You take that information to Ida and you say, yep. Ludmilla said, I have imbalance in finances. I do. This is a thing in my life. What is happening? And you go back with Ida into your life and you figure out where this pattern came from. Let's say you don't understand and don't agree with what Ludmilla says to you. Take that to Ida and say, I do not agree with this at all. Okay, let's dig into that. You will dig into that with Ida for eight weeks in therapy. On month two is where Nikita comes in. And she kind of works side by side with her therapist, Aida, to help you embody, um, you know, this new version of yourself that you're finding, these new beliefs that you're finding, these new realizations about yourself. Nikita takes that into the embodiment space. So Nikita, do you want to take it from here and just tell them how you can support them?
1: Yes. So like I said in the beginning of this um, beautiful episode, first of all, I'm so excited to be part of this amazing team, (laughs) literally jumping out of excitement. Um... Um, 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 like I said embodiment is being back in the body and not in your mind and in my sessions I do always start with, with a little bit of talking and uncovering like where is it coming from and like where's the pattern coming from and all of that so basically um, Ida is a licensed ter- therapist and you will already have a whole session with her to uncover all of that so we don't do the same thing any, anymore like you just tell me hey I realized I had like Uh, an imbalance in my finances and then I talked with Ida and these are the three things where it came from when I was age, this happened and then this and this you give me those things in the first five minutes and then we start working with the body so how can we clear like now that you've worked on that on the mental and maybe even emotional level with Ida I will go deeper with you in the physical and the body level like the nervous system where is the story the trauma the fear Pattern stored in your nervous system. So perfect example with money. Um, maybe your parents grew up really poor and had to work really hard, and you feel like you need to work really hard as well. And you're so scared of losing that money and that you will like not be here without any finances. That is stored in your nervous system. Let's like that's transgenerational trauma from your parents grandparents and their parents that is stored in your nervous system let's clear it let's clear it together let's do body work um embodiment work let's shake our bodies and do specific exercises to really release that and um understand what you understood with Ida on an even deeper level through the body through the nervous system
0: yeah cool cool and what do you have some examples of like what kind of practices you might be taking the climbs through? Is it basically what we talked about earlier in the episode with breath work and stuff like that? Are there any, are there any practices specifically that you'd be working on with them?
1: Yes. So guided deep meditations and breath work will be most likely a vital part. And um, for example, like shaking our bodies like this is something that comes from shamanism and if you look at tribes south american tribes and also african tribes like they're always dancing and like stomping they're not just doing this out of fun they know that trauma releases through their legs and when they stomp and they also get to connect with earth and feel the energy of mother earth so for example this can be something or um um if you let's say you have a huge block around emotions like all your life you've never been able to feel your emotions I have some um, really deep practices where I guide you deep into your body, and then I guide you to embody the different emotions. For example, we will go into anger, and I will guide you to really release the anger and maybe push some, um, punch some pillows, or some other exercises. Or I will guide you into sadness and really hold your body through sadness, and then through guilt and other and shame and all of these things. Um, so yeah, there's countless exercises, and if you actually tell me like you want to work, let's say it's more about like heartbreak and also some sexual healing, then we will go more into that. So it really depends on the client. Um, but guided meditations, breathwork, and the body are like the three big things.
0: Yeah. That's your space. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So if we want to support you, like Nikita um, just did a video for us that we posted on our um feed page on Root Awakenings Instagram, uh, which is amazing. So she'll be popping in there, but if we just want to support you and what you're doing in your own coaching space, how can we do that? How can we support you, follow you, um, get your coaching just, just from you as a coach?
1: Yes. So first of all, follow me on Instagram at soul coach Nikita, where I offer almost daily tips, exercises, practices. And, um, then I, my single one-on-one sessions. If you're not a part of the Truest Potential program, my one-on-one coachings or a three-month container. And also in two weeks, I'll be launching my, it's a six or seven week online course, all about healing your body image and sexuality, your relationship with your sexuality. So I did this as a live group course. Um, three months ago, and now I cre- I transformed it into an online self-study course, which I'm really excited about. And so if you feel like, you know what, like, I really know what to do, but I, or like, I feel like I can do it by myself, but um, I really like body image and sexuality is like my jam, then this course is for you.
0: Yeah, those, it's so helpful to have all these options, you know, these, all these uh, containers to work within beautiful I've done them all and they all have been so important at each part of my life like a one smaller session a longer one-on-one session course like depending on where you're at in your life there is something for you that you offer which is so beautiful absolutely Um, like
1: there's always something different than you need maybe you want personalized then truest mm -hmm. potential is your thing if Mm -hmm. if you know like you you will stick to it and you just like need to practices then the online course is for you you know yourself best. And if you don't, then ask yourself, like what will give me the, not, like maybe sit in a quick three minute, five minute meditation, breathe deeply through, in through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And then hands on your heart, connect with your heart and ask yourself, like, what is the push that I need for my, for my deepest healing or expansion or transformation? And even if it's like nerve wracking, that's probably what you're meant to do in this moment.
0: Yeah. If you're a little bit scared of it or even a lot scared, but if you're scared of it, that's probably the thing that you need to do (laughs) to transform yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So my last question here, I ask almost all of our guests this, what do you think is the root of health? Nikita, the root of health, like the common denominator, if you could pick one thing to be the root of health, what would it be? Happiness, Mm -hmm. but innate
1: happiness. So Innate happiness, yeah. You can still get sick if you're happy, but innate happiness. Yeah, that's just the first thing that came to me. Yeah, yeah. I and love I, it. I mean, even if you're sick and you you're happy, you will be able to enjoy your last days or years or weeks
0: exactly exactly and like depending on yeah depending on what kind of science we're looking at you know if you are innately happy like you say if you're deep down happy and you are working through your shit and your past I don't know maybe you wouldn't get sick <laughs> yep <laughs> who knows Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay Nikita Anand, spiritual embodiment and transformational coach and kundalini and tantra facilitator. Thank you so much for being here with me on Root Awakening a Health Podcast. This was healing as fuck for me. And I think for a lot of the listeners as well, we love you so much. So grateful for you. I love you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I hope you loved this episode. I have linked in the show notes all the points of contact that we mentioned in the episode. So check the show notes out for more details. And folks, if you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review. Share this podcast with your community. We need this information, folks. Right now, we need it. The world needs this education. So share it with your community so we can all learn from this. And don't forget that the waitlist for the True Potential program is open. So you can apply to be a part of this four-month program with four beautiful coaches. Just hit the link in the show notes below. You can also head to our Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Hit the link in our bio to apply. And if you have any questions about the program, please do not hesitate to reach out. Just DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. I am Emily Kosick, founder and CEO of Root Awakening. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting us. I love you all so much. We love you. See you on the next episode.